Hello and welcome to a new episode of Startup Mavericks, the good, the bad and the lessons. And in this podcast, we interview early stage founders and coaches about a really specific topic to get insights about early stages of a startup, how to overcome everything that's happening in these early stages. And I'm today happy to host the founders of Impactful. Welcome to this podcast. Please quickly introduce yourself and the startup idea. Hey, I'm Conrad. I'm one of the two founders of Impactful. We are working on this project together since August. And since January, we joined Berlin Startup School and we're super happy to be here. And um, I'm working on the technical part and on the product. And Daniel is working on the business side and he will explain what uh, Impactful is doing. Yes, thank you very much for having us. Um, I'm Daniel and uh, we are impactful and we allow companies to align their business with either a social or ecological cause in a fully automated, transparent and visible manner. So what does it mean? Every digital trigger can be used within our software and um, a micro donation can be placed behind. So for each and every action, there can be a donation being um, transferred. And on the other hand, we give them tools at hand to make these engage engagements visible and uh, transparent at the same time, as this is very crucial. So to sum it up, they can have a social and ecological impact. And on the other side, on the other side, also an um, economical in, um, value out of our tool. So that means if I'm buying, for example, a shirt, I, it m triggers automatically a specific donation. For example, if I want to, or if somebody subscribes to the newsletter, I can do it, right? So that's the case. Yeah. And I can choose more or less how much money it is and where it goes. Exactly. So it works like this. Some people know this already from e-commerce or online shopping. So you, you buy something and then something is donated, like a pair of shoes and the pair of shoes is given to a charity. And um, what we are trying to do is, um, as Daniel already explained, um, create a technical solution that allows doing this, but not only um, when a payment is being made, like in e-commerce, but we can use with every event like a newsletter subscription and thus allow companies to really integrate creating impact into their product. And um, not only when, when there's money or payment involved, but um, literally everything. And who came up with the idea? So... Um, I've been um, developing, developing products um, already since a couple of, of years. And um, I, I started this as a side business or just as an idea because I saw that um, companies start to plant trees for everything. And I thought, why isn't there an easy, easy um, solution for this? And then um, when I, um, I was um, thinking about this more and more, I approached Daniel and we talked about it because we already knew each other from, um, um, from our time studying together. And then um, we came up with the idea to make this more broad and really think about like um, what's important. Is it really trees or can it be um, every every social or ecological cause? And then we came up with a kind of uh, two-sided marketplace with um, businesses and NGOs. And how did you start out? And did you approach uh, businesses, how they do their donations at the moment? So how did you find out whether there's actually a market or a demand for that? So we, we actually, we uh, tried pretty quickly to talk to potential customers. So um, more or less, I just pick up my phone and, and called plenty of companies, shops, e-commerce shops, or um, usual companies like mid-sizes. And uh, yeah, well, I was asking them um, what kind of solution would be a fit for them. And if this is something, the idea we had in mind would be worth 
having a look for them. And yeah, so the first um, feedback we received was pretty positive. So we, we stayed on track. Okay, so you just more or less researched who would be interested and then you approached them. Did you call them? Did you write an email, LinkedIn? Like how, how did you approach it? In the beginning, we were just approaching them. Um, I, I did it via LinkedIn because it's easier to, to talk to people who also are decision makers. And then um, later when Daniel joined, he focused on, on um, cold calling people. And um, because, um, so it turned more from a conversation, hey, let's talk about creating impact to, hey, we, have, we offer a solution, actual solution, which might help you to um, create impact and um, also profit from it by raising awareness and, and creating a marketing campaign. And do you already have first paying customers? Um, already, I think five customers on the platform. Yeah, and um, but but not they are not paying like a monthly subscription yet. Um, we also have like a pay-as-you-go tier, so um, we get compensated based on the donation volume each month. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kind of um, start to attract users because it's a it's a fairly new product. Uh, so people want to test it um, before they say, okay, I'm going to pay a certain amount fixed every month. But um, so far it looks it looks good, and also the the overarching trend we're looking at um, is that companies in, in Germany already donate a lot of money. It's like 10 billion euros a year. Oh, wow. um, and um, they do it for different reasons, for just to do something good, but also for employee branding or to create loyal customers. And um, we want to tap into this market and just like um, make it easier for companies to donate and, and um, do it more, more publicly. And also, um, yeah, help help small companies to also do something like this because at the moment social impact is something it's expensive for companies. So um, you need employees, you need people who know how to work with NGOs and do the number crunching. And we want to support also um, solopreneurs and small businesses um, with our product. And amongst these five uh, customers, what is the most common scenario that uh, is autom being optimized in terms of donation and the trigger at the same time? So it's actually um, most of the are e-commerce businesses. So um, again, talking about our go-to-market at the beginning, <clears throat> we knew that the, the market is to a certain degree developed and knows this buy, buy one and give one uh, principle in the e-commerce section. Generally speaking, we see our solution in, in almost every industry, but uh, this is very common. So of course, we spoke to many e-commerce shops and businesses. And yeah, that's why the majority of them, they, they sell organic t-shirts, they sell tea uh, or garden accessory. The product itself sounds also quite coding intensive, no, isn't it? Yeah, so what, we, what we're choosing is a way where we develop our product using um, no-code tools, no-code tools, where the, the, the actual coding is abstracted to a visual level. So it's more like, a, which tool is it? Um, it's called Bubble.io. Um, it's like the main framework we're using, and then we use other services um, for payment. We use Stripe, and then we have other microservices we, we tap into. And um, for us, it's a super, super cool way to develop because we can develop super fast, and it's quite cheap for us uh, because I, I'm, I know how to use these, these tools. Um, so we can really um, build while we are selling. And um, this has proven to be the, the right approach for us because there's no product we can scope and then build, but we really have to find out what, what the customers want because there's no other product like that at the moment. And Bubble, why Bubble and not any other tool? 
So, um, because I, I worked as a Bobby developer before, and um, I, I think it's one of the tools which give, gives the most flexibility. And also, um, it works for small business idea, for landing pages, but also there's like enterprises building solutions with this. And so it's pretty stable. And um, that's why it's our tool of choice. Um, if, if you only need like a, a database and a less complex solutions, you can use other tools, maybe um, more out of the box solutions, but with Bubble, you can build anything you can build using um, code or, yeah. So that means you don't necessarily have a IT department right now and can still do something which at least sounds a little bit more technically complex, right? Well, I mean, um, I'm in the IT department. Uh, I, I think, like, from, from my experience, um, you need to know how to develop apps using no-code, code It's like you cannot use a big EV. I'm a developer, yes. I know. I'm not like a computer science study developer, um, but I develop using these, these tools. And for, for this, you also need to understand and know how to work with databases. It's, it's more like um, you cannot be a lawyer if you know the big EB. Um, and you cannot develop a product without any experience. Um, so these tools help you to be faster and quicker yeah. and um, make it more um, more easy to learn, definitely. But it's nothing you can pick up in two weeks. Okay, but that's maybe important for the listeners. So Bubble.io seems then also to be a tool that helps you with no code, but still you should have a basic understanding or at least time to get to get used to the tool is that correct definitely i mean it's it's like it's like it is actually coding just on a abstracted level so i i do this since a couple of years and i've built like 20 plus applications and um i still every day i'm learning stuff and i have to figure out stuff and i have to also do some coding on the side because sometimes you need some some custom code to run things um but people should just know that often the, the best way is to, to pay someone to do it only because everybody can open Photoshop, not everybody is a designer, right? Or a photograph. Um, and it's kind of the, the same. It's more accessible. You can learn it faster, um, but you still have to invest some, some time. Yeah. And I'd like to add one thing. Um, in speaking about our, um, our go-to-market and our customer approach at the beginning, we've never been uh, too shy to show what we add. So of course our product has never been finished and it's still not, but um, we, we just started with a basic um, choice. And, and it's working, that's important. Exactly, it's working and it was already uh, super valuable for us to receive feedback. We have a special section in this podcast that is called either or. So I will have here in front of me five different questions or let's say options and i would like to know from you guys which one you would choose so i'm asking either or question to one of you and then please choose quickly one of them ready good so conrad number one mon money or purpose purpose if you have a good purpose um, money follows mm -hmm. Daniel, exit scenario or lifelong startup spirit in that sense? Lifelong startup spirit. Mm -hmm. Konrad, would you stay long-term in Berlin or would you go back to your hometown? I would probably not stay in Berlin long-term, uh, but I will also not go back to my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll discuss this in a second. <laughs> uh, Daniel, no code or code? 
No gold. <laughs> And last but not least, planting a tree or donating money directly? Um, I mean, to, to plant a tree, you mean in my garden or via paying money? As a donation. As a donation. Um, it's a hard, hard question because money is the input, a tree is the output, and the impact is where the tree is uh, planted and who's affected by it, like what? So, um, so in this case, I would choose money and give it to an NGO, which is uh, super, super active and does the most with the money I provide. Okay, thank you. Was there anything where you would disagree with your co-founder? No, not really, no. No? Um, that's, a ah, that's a good team. Interesting. Why is number one money or purpose? Konrad, you said purpose and then money will follow. I think it's so hard because sometimes it feels like it's the other way, it's the other way around. I think even today I was arguing with somebody on LinkedIn what is the right way? Yeah? Should you start with money and then you can use this money for a good purpose or or what is the the best way? I think you can argue a lot about that. Um, is this true that you don't want to have an exit scenario compared to your co-founder, Konrad? Um, it is true. I I mean, if you if you build a business that is successful and we, we are planning to build something which is not like huge, we want to have a, a small business which which works, which is profitable. Um, and um, so there's no real reason why we would want to have an exit strategy because we are not building a business where we think we have to scale um, and have customers in the whole world um, to be profitable. Uh, you also uh, said that long-term you would not stay in Berlin. So what is good about Berlin and why not staying here long-term? Yeah, or, or why did you give the answer? Yeah, not, not forever Berlin. Uh, so I, I really like Berlin, but I've been here for four years. And uh, sometimes I feel like it's um, it's time to, to leave and go somewhere where it's a little bit closer and um, a, a little bit smaller and also closer to nature. Because I, I learned that um, Berlin has so many opportunities and um, I've never been to the opera and I don't use any of these opportunities because I do the same things every day, which I could also do in a smaller city. And so I probably just will go somewhere else, um, but no no fixed plans yet. Uh, so, Daniel, what is good about Berlin when it comes to startups especially? What would you say? And, and, and isn't it worth to stay long term? Is it maybe good for a start and later on it's not that important anymore? Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with this um, argument you, you just mentioned. So I think at the, at the very first beginning, you, you meet a lot of founders here, right? Not just at Berlin Startup School, especially, of course, but there are so many network uh, events um, out there where you can easily approach uh, other founders and you can meet investors, you can meet um, third-party suppliers, whatever. So, um, yeah, the, the, the startup scenery here is quite huge and easy approach. Mm. So I guess somehow I would agree that Berlin has this kind of vibe that you to, that helps you to to start to kick it off, and like you, you're in our accelerator, for example, to then be around those people to exchange, right? To have the first uh, steps and touch points, and then maybe later on when everything is going smoothly, right, on autopilot in the best uh, best case, then yeah, you can of course be everywhere in the world. Um, and what I'm interested in that, that was also connected to my first either or question, money or purpose, 
do you guys think it's possible these days to combine making money and doing good? Because we always look at those big, big, big NGOs, yeah, like uh, WWF, I think it's called, right? This one and um, Aktion Deutschland Hilft. Like we have really, really big ones where everybody thinks, okay, you can live from donations, for example. Yeah. Um, what is your opinion about that? Is it possible to combine? both or yeah does one thing come first like Conrad said yeah maybe you start with the purpose and then money comes next um i think it's it's a mixture there are great examples well when we now talk about companies out there uh, examples like ecosia um patagonia mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. or share they uh, their social values is an integral part of their core values mm -hmm. and by focusing on their business but also um giving something back to society They're, they're very successful in what they're doing and they build up brands there uh, which are just incredible, right? And an inspiration, I also believe, uh, for everyone else. Yeah. Connor, anything to add there? Um, if we have enough time, I can add a lot. <laughs> I think, because I think um, also NGOs, I think it's definitely possible to, to be an NGO and to build a great NGO and create a lot of impact. And um, I think this is even true today more than ever before. And as I said, there's uh, companies who didn't donate a lot of money. And um, some people think that it's like a one-way relationship, like you as a, a company go to the market and the seller is an NGO and you give them money and nothing uh, comes back in return. But I think the opposite is true because what you get back is a feeling of doing something good and also a lot of attention. And this attention is needed to to create loyal customers, to have employees who, who want to work for a company. So it is always an exchange. And in this scenario, NGOs are also businesses selling something to the companies. And um, this is kind of why we exist, because we enable NGOs to, to, to trade their impact and turn money into impact and into attention for companies who then profit from it. So they are more like a Uh, and service for companies to turn money into positive attention and a purpose for themselves and also for entrepreneurs and founders because every founder wants to change something and, and make a little dent in the universe and even if you have like a super boring and mundane product by working with an NGO and make them create impact for you, you can have like a big, big impact on so many people and that's why I think um, purpose can always also create um, money or value or profit for the NGOs themselves or for businesses who are in between like we are as a mm -hmm. service provider for both sides. Yeah, because you have chosen uh, a normal company formation, not a social enterprise, right? Why? Because we believe by um, having our social values and at the same time focusing on our business performance, we can contribute on maximum at the very end. And this is also what we want to encourage a lot of companies out there. You can make an, uh, you can be an inspiration for the people uh, around yourself. And this contribution, this uh, will increase and it'll, um, it, it'll lead to a bigger outcome for the good. And also we, we are not the ones creating the impact. We are helping companies to create impact, but the ones creating the impact is the NGOs. And for them, there's so many reasons why they are nonprofits, um, and it's also um, it's a clever way for companies to do good by working with nonprofits. But we are in the middle, and um, so um, donating money to us would be not 
the most efficient way to make us uh, grow bigger and provide the best solutions. And so that's why at the moment we are for profit, even though we we are not profitable yet, and even though we um, we um, we want to um, also donate twenty percent of, of our revenue. Oh wow! And, and, um, yes, and so we will see where it goes, and maybe one day we will say, okay, we find a way to um, turn this into a non-profit. Um, but as it is, um, yeah, that's that's where we are, and um, now we have to focus on on the business side and trying to find customers because um, NGOs always are there and they um, want to have money and they want to create impact, but we have to find enough companies who understand that um, in this equation they also profit a lot and i think this is a trend which we see every day and people really want to do good and people want to, want to consume good and people want to um, work for good companies and so we we truly believe that um, there's a market for a product and um, i think we're on a good way i think so too because it shows that you have already within a short time from your first customers right uh you are constantly building things although it's never complete right uh, so that's i think also big and important message here right get out there um build something test it get your first paying customers and everything else you anyway never know right <laughs> so we, we will see um so thank you so much guys for joining us for this podcast Thank you for having us. <laughs> ciao, ciao.